Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Melissa and I were in Big Bear a few years ago, and uh, for some reason, part of what we were doing there was a leadership retreat. Um, they took us to these places called escape rooms, and I don't know about you. I just don't. I just don't like stuff like that. I like to know that I go into a room and then I go out of a room, and it's not dimly lit, and I don't have to go. But I, I felt like God said that this week can be like an escape room for you, because all of us have something that we're trapped by or held by. But I felt like as we pray and fast and seek Him, that in that time of of pushing things aside and, and, and seeking Him and seeking clarity that you're actually going to get that in a, in an escape room there's either a telly that turns on and you get a little cryptic message of if you look in the corner down in one of the corners there will be a or you, you get a number you get the, the code to a, a locked box and in that locked box is another code that leads you to a key and the key gets you I'm out but then you're in the next locked room and, but I felt like God said things are going to get unlocked this week for each of us and, and like Nushi said sometimes it's physical sometimes it's it's mental sometimes it's it's that spiritual connection I want you just to find your place of connection this week in him and Erina I, I felt for you and this is the last one I will preach it uh, I felt like you you the enemy's been coming at you to disturb your sleep and to, to, to rattle your cage uh, but I felt like God said, I have placed a hedge of protection. I've placed my angels on either side of your room. And thank you, emotional. I'm very emotional nowadays. Um, uh, he is with you, he is for you, and he is protecting you. That again, just like these guys, you're going to enter into a season of peace and just find your rest in that. That it's not, you don't have to fight, he's already fought on your behalf. Uh, and that victory is assured. But I just declare in Jesus' name, can we just reach out, our hands out to everyone? The attack of the enemy comes to nothing, it ceases now in Jesus' name. I speak the peace of heaven over this family, over their home, over their finances, over their business, over their relationships. I bless them in the mighty and wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Fantastic. I hope that helps. Reboot to remain. Christian, what does that mean? Reboot to remain. Well, about two weeks ago, I thought I'd have my iPad for like two years, but I've actually had it for like five, which is kind of scary because it just shows you how quickly five years goes. But my iPad was working perfectly. It's what I prepare with. It's what I study with. It's what I preach off. Perfectly. And then one day I go to my iPad and I've got the little uh, battery icon with a red line at the bottom. I'm like, that's weird. I, I didn't, didn't know I'd used it. I didn't know I'd left it on. So I plugged it in and recharged to 100. And then I took it off charge and then it's sitting there. Half an hour later, it's, it's drained again and, and the battery's dead. So I plug it back in and long and short, it, it just kept draining and dying, draining and dying, draining and dying. I'm like, dude, my, my, my iPad's gone. So my first thought was throw it out. You know, I've had it for a little while. Get rid of it, get a new one. Now I'm thinking, shit, I don't want to spend that kind of money. But and so I, I rang somebody and said, what, what do I do? They said, take it down to this technician. They'll, they'll help you. So I went down there and the guy goes, let me plug it in. Let me see what's happening in the background. And I said, no, man, it's just dead. He goes, yeah, no, I know, but let me see what's happening in the background. And I said, bro, the battery's gone. It's dead. Can we do anything? And he goes, well, we could send it back to Apple. And they don't actually charge you for a new iPad. They, they just charge you for a new battery, but they basically give you a new iPad for the price of a battery, which was like $250. I said, do that. He goes, yeah, I'll do that, but I've got to do some tests first to see what's happening in the background. I said, no, it's dead. 
and because I'm the technician, I know these things. I've, I've worked with iPads for a long time now. No, I haven't. No, I'm not. Okay, so right, let me just plug it in. I'm like, okay, plug it in, man. Go for your life. So he plugs it in and he goes, no, it's got good battery health. Oh. I'm like, no, it doesn't. Because I plug it in and it's gone. And then I plug it in and it's gone. He goes, yeah, something's draining the battery. I'm like, okay, so what do I do? He goes, well, I can't send it back. The only thing I can do is you can buy a new one. He goes, because they'll send it back saying, no, there's battery health. Yeah. I said, well, what's the option? He said, I, I, I don't know. I think the only thing we can do is reboot it. I'm like, but, but the battery's dead. So what does that do? He goes, well, it clears the system. Yeah. It takes the bugs out of the background. It takes anything out of the background that might be draining the battery, and it resets the system. I feel like this week is going to be a week of reboot for some of us that feel like we're drained. For some of us that feel like we're running on fumes. That for some of us that feel like I can just never get ahead. I'm always tired. I always feel empty. I always feel sometimes we've got to reboot to remain. And so he rebooted it. And he goes, now go home. I'm like, man, fix it for me. He goes, I've just rebooted it. I said, yeah, because now it takes time. Now you have to go home and put it on charge and let it reset itself back to factory. So you see, you were made fearfully and wonderfully. You were made perfect in the eyes of Christ. You, you, you represent perfection in God's eyes because yeah. you reflect his image in the earth. And sometimes we have to get, I, I've done life for 47 years now. I've gathered a few bucks. There's a bit of malware in the background. There's a few things that drain me that I need to get rid of. And this is just one amazing way where we can defrag a little bit and declutter. I've got a program on my computer called Clean My Mac. But every time I turn my Mac on, it looks exactly the same as when I turned it off last time. I'm like, why do I have to clean my Mac? But every time I clean my Mac, it, it, it brings up about three gig of rubbish in my computer. I didn't put it there. But there's little bugs in the background. There's little things. The devil comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Yeah. Yeah. But I have come that you may have life and life more abundantly. It's, it's not always conscious. It's not always us going after things that get onto us. But, but, but it's, it's things that get onto us, even in that space that we're not aware of. And so I had to, I had to reboot, and then I had to reload. My, my iPad's working better than it's ever worked. The thing I was going to throw out, the thing I was going to get rid of and pay a lot more money to replace is working better than it's ever worked before. God wants to do a work in our lives. He wants us to run better than we've ever run before. He wants us to function clearer than we've ever worked before. And this is just a great opportunity, like Lucy was saying, just to put things aside and to focus up on him. And I love what it says in, in Hebrews 12. It says, therefore... Yeah. Since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us cast off every weight, sin which so easily entangles, and let us run with endurance the race set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before it endured the cross, scorning its shame, and is now seated at the right hand of it. Therefore, let us cast off. This is just a, a, a great moment for us to say, don't really need that. I'm not really holding on to that anymore. I'll let go of that. I don't want... Holy Spirit, you're all we want. You're all we want. And i got to tell you, that's a, that's a liberating place to be at. When my want for the Holy Spirit and the presence of God is greater than my want for a better house or better opportunity or another car, because all those things come. 
Matthew 6 says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things will be added unto you. But so often we seek all these things and forget about God. But we can recalibrate and reset over the course of this week and say, you know what? Nah, doesn't matter. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little picky. And the other day, I scratched the bumper on my car. And it, it almost in my head, this is ridiculous. I almost go, I've got to get another car. I've got a scratch on the bumper. Because I'm like, it can't have a scratch on it. It, it needs to be perfect. But sometimes it doesn't have to be perfect. The car still functions perfectly. It is still the car I love. And I can get a little bit of touch-up paint. But what I'm saying is, Sometimes we need to shift things and let go of things and not hold on to things so that God can actually bring yeah. to us the very thing that he wants us to have. Amen? There's purpose to touch. This isn't for nothing. It's, it's going to achieve great results in your life this week. And I'm not sure about you, but I think most would agree that at the end of our days, we want to leave a legacy that we're remembered for. We all want to be remembered for something, and we want it to be a, a good legacy, a great legacy. And we all can live that legacy when we live life the way God wants us to. And, and I was thinking about this week and I thought the legacy of our lives is determined by what we remain in during the course of our lives. So what I'm going to be remembered for is what I remain in as I walk through life. The things that I hold on to, the things that I hold dear and near to my heart, the, the things that are priorities in my world, they're going to actually be what creates the legacy of my life. But the enemy doesn't want you to create a legacy. He doesn't want you to have a great life. He wants to disturb you. He wants to disrupt you. He wants to destroy you. And that's that's John 10, 10, what I said just before. The devil comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But we've got to remember the but. I think prayer and fasting helps us get back to the but. Yes, the enemy's real. Yes, he's persistent. Yes, he's passionate. He wants to destroy your life, but I came, and I came to give you life and life more abundantly. And we can enter into that abundant life as we look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. That you don't have to rely on self, and you don't have to worry about the past, and you don't have to, I don't have this and I don't have that. If you have Jesus, you have all that you need. Amen? And uh, again, I'm not sure if you realize it or not, but in life, and especially in spiritual life, there's something called drift. Well, we just drift. Yeah. Uh, you know, Glenn Garon was talking a few weeks ago about flow, and flow is this epic place that when, I, when, when I'm in the flow and I'm in the zone, that life's easy and life works and what I'm going after, it, it, it's not hard or arduous, but there's also a thing in life called drift. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've ever dived in at the beach at a certain point, you drop your towel, you, you know where you are, you're right next to the flash, you jump in and just, you're just in the ocean. And you're just cruising, you're hanging, this, this is awesome, I love the water, I love the waves. I, and then you look up and you're 100 metres from where you dived in. Yeah. And it didn't feel like you were drifting, you were just swimming, you were just bobbing around, having fun, enjoying, enjoying the Sunshine Coast. But, but you're 100 metres down the track. It, it's like our spiritual, that we can come into Christ, but we shouldn't just come into Christ, we need to remain in Christ. We need to find that solid foundation for our lives that holds it, because we all want a great life. Yeah. We all want to create a legacy. We all want to live blessed, but we have to do certain things. Someone says, blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor sits in the way of sinners, nor stands in the way of mockers, but he's the light 
is on the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He'll be like a tree planted by streams of living water that yields its fruit in season. Whatever he does shall prosper. Blessed is. There's there's the promise of blessing for your life. It says blessed is. For every promise there's a premise. Blessed is the man who does this and doesn't do that. There's there's a scripture that says that the the way of the right, there's a way that seems right to man that in its end is death. Which is always... God, what the heck? How can I think what I'm doing is right, but you're telling me it's leading to death? Because it's not what God wants me to do. It may not necessarily be a bad thing. It may be a good thing, but it's not the God thing. And because it's not the God thing, it's leading me away from God, his promises, his plans, his purposes. And it's like, I've got to get back on. And I just think this time of praying, in fact, however you do that, will help us get on that straight path. It's narrow, but it's straight. And it will lead us towards what God has for us. I, I used to work with a guy, and he swore like a trucker. Uh-huh. He like he every, every second word was beep and beep and beep and beep and beep and beep. And one day we were actually working in a stairwell at a commercial job, and I just had enough. I was just, I just don't swear, and, and I don't swear, about, and I don't, I just, I, it, it grates on me. And I got my tape measure, and I threw it. But I forgot that we were in a stairwell oh. and they were concrete stairs, and this thing just smashed apart and the oh. tape went flying. I said, Stop swearing! <laughs> and he said, I'm swearing. And I'm like, I, I can't hear anything else but the swearing. But after about six months, he, did, he calmed right down, but I, I almost didn't hear the swearing because I was desensitized to the, the environment. And I think, again, spiritually, that's like us at times. We get desensitized and we just accept social norms or we just accept behaviors or we accept language or we accept. But the Bible says there is a right way to live. And and the righteous will live by faith. And we're made righteous by our faith in Christ. So I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. This should be a great week. Yeah. Like, it really should. And it's, don't, don't let it be a weight on you. I have to. I have to give up food. I have to give up social media. I can't have chocolate. I can't drink alcohol. I can't. Just let it be something that liberates you and frees you. Let it be something that goes, this, I'm doing this intentionally. I, I buy the team coffees every Sunday morning. I said to Mark, can I get your coffee? He goes, no, I'm fasting. And that's just, that's one thing. One thing he's chosen to fast is that we can all do something. Amen. Yeah. Can, I, can I just say to that? It was hard to follow up because I was just fasting. I was like, yeah, I'll grab a dinner. <laughs> 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 no, I mean, George, George isn't fasting coffee this morning. <laughs> he, he had two. He said, if Mark's not having one, I'll have this. John 1, starting in verse 1, says this In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He was God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. Here's where I want to get to. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness. The darkness has not overcome it. Most people want to set themselves up for their best life. And we do. We want to win. We want to achieve. We want to gain. We want to have. But the reality is we've been already given our best lives. In Christ, you can live your best life. In him, remaining in him, doing life in him is the greatest life you could ever live because in him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The life and light that comes from Christ counters our drift in life. 
when I remain in him, when I focus on him, when I look to him, I can be what he's created me to be. Because it's not just about good works, and it's not just about missions, and it's not just about outreach, and it's not just about I'm a Christian. Yeah. It's about living in the fullness of what God created us to be. And honestly, for me, remaining is a little bit of a, a weird concept. And if we think about this for the Christ, if I find Christ, if we find Christ, and we enter relationship with Jesus, who is the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Saviour of our souls, the one who's promised us eternity. If, if I, would it not make sense that I want to do everything within me to remain in Him? Yeah. Drift. Because I got to tell you, thirty years ago, when I gave my life to Christ at a Pentecostal church, and I was on fire, and I did years of Bible college, and I was a youth leader, and we went to twenty-five services a week. We were driving vans around to pick kids up, to go to services, to go to youth out outreach rallies, to go to everything, and I was—I'm not there today. Yeah. I still love Jesus with all my, but there's been some drip, there's been some wearying, there's been some wearing down. There's but, but I can get back to yeah. that place of on fire, of, of stirred by God and the Word of God and the Spirit of God, where every person I see is, is an opportunity to bless, not to, oh, my gosh, they're going to take up my time. Oh, they're going to ask me for something. Oh, my, drift. We can get back to that place of passion and fire and enjoyment in God. You know, in Acts 17 says this, starting in verse 24, the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth. He does not live in temples built by human hands. He is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, this is he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. Every single thing you and I have comes from God. The Bible says every good and perfect gift comes to us from our Father in heaven. Yeah. who withholds nothing, who liberally pours out to bless his kids. Yeah. If, you're, if you're in Christ, if you're a child of Christ, there is nothing that you lack in life. That, that he, will, he will lead you and guide and His seasons and timings are perfect for our lives, but we have to remain in him. It says, from one man, he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. He marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of the land. God did this so that they would seek him, perhaps reach out for him and find him. Though, though he's not far from any of us, for in him, for in him, we live and move and have our being. As some of your own po poets have said, we are his offspring. I hope this week clarifies for you that you have a good and loving father who sits high and looks low, who considers you his offspring, who loves you with an eternal love, who is for you and not against you. I hope there's a, a recalibration, a resetting of how I see myself in him, of how he sees me, because he is good all the time. Yeah. And I can make these cliches and God is good all the time. All the time. God is good. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah, brother. If I don't, if I, if I don't live it, if I don't believe it, it means nothing. But I'm going to tell you this morning, God is good all the time. In the seasons where you understand it, in the times when you don't. When you feel like you're taking two backward steps, God's actually speeding up process so you get forward a whole lot quicker than you ever thought you. God wants to work. We just have to remain. We just have to remain in Him. We've walked through a brutal season, the last two, brutal season, and I feel like I'm coming up for air. And all I can tell you, is God is good yeah. all the time. Yeah. God has been faithful every single day. When I couldn't see it, 
when I didn't feel it, when it hurt, when I was breaking, God was good and he was present. God is there for you. He is ever present. He is with you. And, and I've got to tell you, remaining isn't just a journey. It's a journey of continual decisions. Because this is a long life. This is, a, this is, this is you know, it's, but our lives are but a vapor. It's long, but it's not. Tomorrow is not assured, but God's presence is promised. But we have to make decisions daily. God, you're number one. God, I prioritize you. God, I'll do what you ask. God, I want your will and your way over my own. That's what remaining looks like. Amen. Then John 15 says this, I'm the true vine and my father is a gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so it will be even more fruitful. You've been designed to produce fruit in life, to, to be fruitful, to succeed, to achieve, but, but not in strength or not in, in fighting for it, just in being who you are. That's, that's an amazing thing. You're already clean because of the word I spoke to you. You remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I'm the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you'll bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. I don't know what happens, but there's like this spirit of delusion that gets on us because we come into it relationship with Christ. We come into the church and into the community of faith and, and we start getting healed up and we start getting a few rough edges knocked off and, and we start getting shaped up to kind of reflect what God created us to be and then we think, I've got an idea. I can do it on my own. That was nice while it lasted. Good job. Thank you, God. You're amazing, but I can do it on my own now. I'm useless. I can't do it on my own. I drift. And if I don't have him, Front and center. If I'm not focused on Jesus, if I'm not praying, if I'm not reading the word, if I'm not setting time aside and creating that space for God to fill, I'm useless. But I can be all God's created me to be when he's my all. When he is all I want. When Holy Spirit, you're all we need. When I'm in that place of dependence, and I think prayer and fasting helps us get to that place. Prayer and fasting helps us get to the, a place of clarity where I see I actually don't need all these other things. All these other things are add-ons and blessings and the goodness of God in my life, and I'm grateful for that and I enjoy that, but I actually don't need them. <laughs> what, I, what price would you put on peace? What price would you put on holiness? What price would you put on breakthrough or deliverance or freedom? Because they're, they're only found in Christ, yeah. and we can find him and those as we remain in him. Amen? And for me, you know, remaining is a spiritual thing because in Ephesians it says our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of the dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. There's always going to be contention for your remaining. Yeah. And I'm not saying remain in church. I want, we want you in church. We need people in church. But I, I got a text yesterday from someone saying, I just want to remind you that six years ago today you baptised me. And that person, Cussie, I think most of you will know Nick and Cussie, they're not even in our church anymore. They live down the coast, but they're still remaining. And they're remaining because they've, they've got faith that was, was injected on the inside. And I've got to tell you, Cussie came from an atheist background. Yeah. She came from a home where, which is antagonistic towards God. She's a changed woman today because she's remained. And it hasn't always been easy, but she's still there today. Yeah. Not in this. I'm not talking about remaining in this house. We, we love you. We want you here. We want to see this place jammed so we can't fit everybody in. I'm talking about remaining in faith. Yeah. 
and remaining in Christ, prioritizing Jesus, having him front and center and foremost in your life. Amen. You know, but it's not, it's not easy. Yeah. It's really not easy. Even the Apostle Paul said this. He said, I do not understand what I do. What I do, I do not do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. <laughs> Ever been there? I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. This is what I want to do, and then I do the direct opposite. It's, it's inbuilt in all of us. The Bible says there's no, not one perfect, no, not one. Yeah. There, there are times where we make mistakes, we drift, but let's get back to that place of centrality where we orbit around God and we don't ask God to orbit around us. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Very quickly, I'm going to finish on this. I might get the team to come up. How, how to remain? Pray. Yeah. Prayer is powerful. There, there's not a demon in hell. There is not a devil roaming around trying to take you out that's got more power than prayer. When you pray in faith, when you stand in faith, you nullify the works of the enemy. You're, you're not impotent. You're not powerless. You are strong. Corinthians says, thanks be to God that gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You have a victory assured in life as you remain in him. Pray. I want to encourage you to pray. If you can't give up food, give up something. Give up a luxury. Give up something that you desire. Give, but, but seek him this week. Two minutes, five minutes, half an hour, one hour. Seek him. Because when you seek him, you will find him. When you seek for him with all your heart. Next thing is read the word. Just, just get into the Bible. It's the only thing that sustained me in life. In, in big decisions I've had to make. This week we celebrated 26 years married. We've got three beautiful kids. We've, we've, we've lived life. But I, I've got to tell you, again, I'd, I'd be useless without God guiding me. Because my flesh gets in the way. And my emotions get in the way. And my mind gets in the way. And, and I want to do things. The God says, don't do that. And then I have good people around says, don't do that. That's not helpful for you. That won't build you. That won't. But, but get in the Word. Do life in community. In a community of, do, let, let iron sharpen iron. You want to remain in Christ. You want to, yes, this is about prayer and fasting, but I'm more interested in you being here next year for prayer and fasting week. And the year after for prayer and fasting week. And, the year, and if you're not in this house, in another house for the week of prayer and fasting, because I want you to remain. I want you to build a legacy. I want you to live your best life. I want the blessing of heaven rich and abundant in your world. And I know how you can get it. By walking in his ways, by seeking his face, by doing life in community. Remember all the good things God has done in your life. That's how you'll remain. Don't forget the goodness of God. You know, it says in Psalms 78, it says, How often they provoked him in the wilderness. This is the Israelites. They've been led out of slavery. They've been fed manna and quail. They've been provided for. Their clothes didn't wear out. Their sandals didn't wear out over a 40-year period. And he, and he grieved and he grieved him in the desert. Yes, again and again they tempted God. They limited the Holy One of Israel. They did not remember his power. The day he redeemed them from the enemy. When he worked signs in Egypt. Don't forget all that God's done for you. Don't forget that 25 years ago when he got you through that situation. Don't remember last week when God was there for you in your home. Don't forget. Don't limit God. No, I don't want to limit God being able to move in my world. I'm expecting that open heaven. I'm expecting that life and life for a bunker because I'm walking in his ways. And so can you. Keep it simple. Just love God and love people. Don't overcome. That's what I love about Jenny and all. They just love people and they love God. And it flows out from them. And the thing, we can all do that. 
in the space that we find ourselves in. Do something with your remaining. Bible says faith without works is dead. Do something. Live different. Live different because you're righteous. Live different because you're empowered. Live, live different because you're sanctified. Live different. Think different. Bible says whatever's good, whatever's holy, whatever's pure, think on these things. Live different. Live above. I want, I want to encourage you. Do something. Do something. For those that are new here, my brother passed away recently. But to his dying day, the only thing you heard when you entered his room was prayer and worship. To the day he went to be with Jesus, he did something with his room. Whilst he was here, he worshipped, he prayed. I, I would walk into his room. He'd lost mobility in his legs. He had a tumour growing up beyond his spine. And I would walk in and hear worship music blaring. And, and he'd say, I love you, Jesus. Three of his nurses came to the funeral. Four of them came to the wake. And said, we were so touched and so impacted. And we, they said, we've never seen such fight in a human being. He was sustained by God. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. There was no joy in the natural in that moment. But there was joy in his spirit. He was strong to the end. He did do something with your life. I'm sorry, I'm not being angry. He's passionate. Let's do something with our lives to honour God and build the kingdom. Let's set this week apart to hear his voice clearer than we've ever heard to see his face in a beautiful radiance right before ours. Let's do. Can you stand to your feet? Last thing is be joyous. Enjoy life. Enjoy the journey. Enjoy the moments. Bible says rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstance for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Would you just lift your hand and close right just for a moment. I want to pray a blessing over you. I want to pray the Spirit of God, the empowerment of God over your life today. Father, thank you. As Justin said before, for those standing before me, those that couldn't be here today, I speak the blessing and joy of heaven over their life. I thank you that this is a significant week in their life, Lord God. I thank you that they will sense you closer than they have in a long time. They will hear your voice clearer that this week wisdom will come and clarity in situations will come. Weights will lift. People will be set free this week. Lord God, by your, your name, your beautiful name of Jesus. Father, I thank you. I thank you for every family. I thank you for every marriage. I thank you for every parent in this room that they may have the empowerment of heaven upon them, the wisdom of heaven upon their lives to, to do marriage well, to, to love their kids well, to raise their kids in your ways. For business owners, Lord God, I thank you for the creative, innovative thoughts, Lord God, that come. I thank you for blessing, unlimited blessing unmatched. Father, I just thank you for your grace and your peace resting upon every single person in this room today. In your mighty and wonderful name, Jesus and everybody said. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. For more life-changing messages, visit us online at c3noosa.org. If you've been blessed by this message, please consider partnering with us financially to see the work of God continue flourishing in and through C3 Church Noosa. God bless.